0: Jean Watson is not quite the person you would expect to be the star of a new movie, Auntie and the Star People. But this Berenpore resident has a story that certainly needs to be told. After all, it is not often one sells up their house to start an orphanage in India. Jean, welcome to B Side Stories on Access Radio. Okay, thank you, Laurie. (laughs) Great. So, Jean, it was adventurous enough for a woman of fifty to be travelling solo in India. But did you have an inkling or a feeling the first time that you were there that you might be embarking on a new life journey?
1: Uh, No, I had no idea whatsoever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But there were a few things that started to happen that pulled you toward yes, this? Yes, yeah. well,
1: um, I hadn't even expected to go to India. Right. But my friend Joy Cowley offered me the fare because she would like the company. What a great opportunity. And yes, yeah. and we were both at the stage where we were interested in religion right, and exploring possibilities, especially Joy. She was... Um, Studying the Catholic religion, and um, she joined it about that time, or not long after, we went to India together, and I was interested in the Indian philosophy, and had been since 1970.
0: Right. So that's an interesting journey even for Joy to take, to to study Catholic religion and then to go to India. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, she... says she had a feeling that i should go there
0: interesting yes yeah, very interesting
1: <laughs> you know we certainly have quite a strong connection with each other mm. especially you know as we're both writers and, right
0: yes yeah. yes well what different
1: a- sorts of writers but writers nevertheless that's right
0: so how long have you been friends with joy for oh oh many years yeah. 1970s was there a pivotal moment that led to you making the decision to pursue founding the orphanage?
1: I think there were several the first thing I went the first journey to India was 1984
0: right 30 years ago and
1: when I got to Kanyukumari you know where I only spent three days I had a strong feeling that I would have to return Mm. especially to that place Um, but Far from my thoughts were anything altruistic. Right. So I went back to New Zealand and I was very keen. I had a writing project in mind and I thought Kanyu would be a good place. To set up. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back there in 1986, got very involved with people there, you know, made a lot of friends there, Uh, went home. Then came back in 87, and it was during a visit to Nilakotai in 1987 that the experiences occurred that made me um, decide to do this.
0: And could you tell our listeners what those experiences were that that made those decisions?
1: Well, in my first visit there in 86... I became friendly with some people who already ran an orphanage right. and I was introduced to them by one of the people subaya who collected for the orphanage right he would go around to, you know the tourists you know asking for money for the orphanage
0: you described that, yeah, book, I described actually, that having book. that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and I got to know him and his family. Right, yeah. Like, I went um, down to their place. They lived in the fishing community, and I got to be friends with him and his wife, whose name was Maria Mel.
0: Beautiful.
1: And it so happened that he was going to take part in a religious ceremony in Nilakotai called Taking the Fire... Where they carry fire to a temple. Right. You know, for, and they do this because of a vow made by their mother. Like when Sabaya was a child, his mother, um, he was very sick, and his mother had a prayer, and she promised God that when he grew up, he would take the fire um if he was cu- if he was spared.
0: oh wow
1: <laughs> so it was due to his mother's promise that he um took on this um ceremony
0: ceremony and how do they carry the fire Jane?
1: oh they have clay pots right. and yep. leaves
0: so and they, they keep... fast for right. about
1: 10 days and go few, through all sorts of religious wow, prayers, so you... yeah. And he invited me to come up and see this. So That's
0: a great honour as well. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah.
1: actually wrote yeah. um, a story about it. So I went up with him and his family and half of the fishing community from <laughs> Nila, from Kanukumari to Nilukautai, <laughs> to watch this and it was very interesting mm. but you can read about it in the book right and it was during that stay in, in Nilakotai.
0: that that the event started to to yes, roll out. that
1: I got to meet a lot of rural people right. and saw people working children working and I thought you know children should really be able to right. study rather than work yeah And there's an incident I quoted and, you know, I wrote in the book about how I was walking in the fields with Sabaya. Right. And we passed uh, some women, rushed up to him and started talking in Tamil. And after they'd gone on, I said, oh, what were they what did they want what were they saying and he said oh they wanted to know if you were a doctor oh because you're foreign and they think all foreigners might be doctors right. and they had a sick child so i felt very sad that i wasn't a doctor right. <laughs> and i thought there must be something i could do right right so, so that was one pivotal moment yeah definitely
0: it was a pretty big thing to to think right I'm going to sell my house and you, you had a house in RO Valley. Yeah, well, Valley Was there a moment when you arrived at this decision as well 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 I didn't actually sell the house to
1: start the inn right. Oh it was about 3 years later Right. 2, two years later uh, what I said was, you know, I said to Sabai, oh, you set it all up and I'll go back to New Zealand and send the money. And then I realised I would have to get a job, so I got a job. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah I was
1: on the dole and then I got a, a temporary right. job. And, um
0: and was that to send the funds over to yeah, the Yeah, to, to, to buy the pots orphanage? and pans, right, you gosh. know,
1: and set up a place, rent rent a place. Amazing quest. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it now when I look back. No, no. Well, I always had a great imagination. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine how neat it would be. Right. I said to him, look, we'll just stick to ten children to you start. know, for the rest of our lives. Oh, right. It didn't work out like that. No. It's just growing and growing
0: and growing. So, how many children are in the in the Illum now? Then,
1: uh, how many have you put well, through? Well, in the actual orphanage part, you know, where we have the children from dysfunctional yes. families and children without parents, as well as yeah. children mainly they're from solo parents. Right, right. You know, widows and dysfunctional, really dysfunctional families. Yeah. So now we've got 28 girls and 15 boys. Wow. Now we only have 15 boys at this particular time because the accommodation isn't
0: suitable. Right.
1: We've just got a small cottage for the boys.
0: And, and are the boys and the girls separate? Do they uh, have a They are at quarter?
1: present, but, right. but we're in the process of building a new building with a huge dormitory for boys and a huge dormitory for girls and a dining room, you know, all the facilities right. under one roof.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> so now you've got this building project underway as well. Yeah, and you're about to go to Indian again, yeah, aren't you? Monday oh, on Monday. <laughs> so, Monday. So, what is your main mission, or what involvement do you have now with this building project? Well, I'm not quite sure. I would describe it as
1: public relations, good, you yeah. know, and <laughs> encouragement, good. writing it up for the New Zealand contributors. Great. And there is a trust here in New Zealand. Yes, isn't there? yes, yeah. Well, I think it wouldn't have survived without a trust, and it wouldn't have survived without
0: the people who support it. Right. And are they a lot of your friends? Because, I mean, I, I don't know what my friends would say to me if I said I'm going to give my proceeds from my house over to an orphanage in, in India. What what did your friends say to you when well, you said Well, they were all very supportive, actually. Amazing. I was
1: amazed, because <laughs> when I got back to New Zealand, I got quite a shock. I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I've made this promise. and Yeah, and I, I keep it somehow. I it.
0: <laughs> Did you sleep much when you... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But it turned out very well. I just am very grateful for people's response, Mm. you know, and I've still got contributors from those early days.
0: It is amazing. That was
1: 87.
0: Right, wow. And the same
1: people, some of the same people are still contributing and supporting.
0: And is there a new lot of people coming in once they're understanding what the project yes, is about yes, as well? Yes, That's yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about the, the children? Do they call themselves a family when they're together in the Illum or the orphanage?
1: They think of each other as brothers and Great. sisters,
0: you That's know. Good. They squabble a bit. <laughs> they're just normal kids. Yeah. What is yeah. their attitude to the life that they have? What, what do they Understand about their lives.
1: They see themselves as having an opportunity. Right, wow. Yeah, they're very motivated. Mm, mm. They're all aged, say, between about Eight and nine and seventeen, which is the leaving age, right? Right. School age kids.
0: And have you followed a few of them on to see what lives they've they've managed to 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 create well, for themselves? Keep
1: in touch with them, yeah, and they come back a lot. Do they do to, yeah. to share
0: yeah. with? The, yeah, they I, do. I guess it's their family home and
1: well, way. it is to some of them. They it feels
0: like that to them. Yeah. Yeah. Jean, what gives you your greatest joy in the work with the children there?
1: Uh, seeing them get jobs and right. seeing them happy. Yeah. Seeing, a, seeing them have a bit of carefree
0: time. Right. You know? To just enjoy being yeah, kids rather yeah. than having to work. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you describe that the children often need, need to work from an early age. Yeah, yeah. What kind of jobs would they need to do just to so our listeners can understand what their lives might well, be like?
1: Well, a lot of them work in the fields. Right. You know, when there's when there's a crop, they have to pick it, you know. Yeah.
0: And, and not do all the sort of things that adults do. Right, and so then they're not getting that opportunity to, no. to edu- get education no. and then no, be able to right, get, get right. ahead. You've done... So you've been doing this now for 30 years... What are some of the cultural changes you've faced, especially being a woman in India, yeah. a solo woman doing doing this amazing mission? Uh, well, everyone's got cell phones now, <laughs> <laughs> even in even in rural India. Yes, wow. Yes. Yeah, and there used to be
1: um, there were, there were no phones. No, I can't. TVs be. were just coming in. Uh, then you had to go to the post office to make a phone call, or, or you had to send right. a telegram, and now we,
0: people have got email. And you set this up on letters, really, didn't you? Yeah. Like just yeah, writing yeah. to... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And what just, about as a woman? Did you find that an obstacle at all? No, not, not at, all? at all. Interesting. Like,
1: I... Have found that it's usually women who set up these things. Like, mm-hmm. I've got two New Zealand friends. One of them has set up a school in Africa, in Kenya. Right. And I see her from time to time. And she has another friend, I think an Auckland woman, who also set up a school in Kenya. Wow. So that's. And I've got another friend who has set up a trust in Pakistan for educational purposes. Right. Scholarships for underprivileged people. Good. So then, is it so is that's women that are doing it. Seems to be. I yeah. know there are uh, probably many men, but I
0: haven't actually met any. Well, you've got a double life, and how do you cope with coming back to little old Berenpore? Does it seem quite quiet after being in India?
1: Yeah, well, where I'm actually living is very nice and quiet, mm, you know, mm. with the town belt and the birds and... Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Is there a parallel in the community or is there some relief or is there any similarity at all? None (laughs) whatsoever, except
1: that people are all people. Right. Yeah, just human nature is uh, basically...
0: The same, yeah. Is there a reason why you didn't end up when you haven't ended up living in India permanently? Well, it wouldn't be legal for a start, right.
1: and I've got family here, and, right. and I need to fundraise here. Like right. I don't directly fundraise, but um, to sort of be with the trust and the supporters.
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And so on that, it's an amazing thing that now you've had a movie made about the, the orphanage and your life and story. Was that... Because you've been doing it for so long. How did you feel then about now all of a sudden being so public? Well, I'm
1: surprised. (laughs) I'm absolutely amazed because I have got so used to what I'm doing over nearly 30 years that I think, goodness, what's all the fuss about? (laughs) I've been doing this for years. Uh, But about the film, well, it's given all our supporters... A chance to see where I go. To you know, to a lot of people, it just seems that I disappear for some of the year. And now we can all actually
0: understand understand where I actually am. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Why is it called Auntie and the Star People? Um, That's because of
1: the first story in my book, the Three C Stories. Right. Um, The story is about culture shock. You know, based on my very first visit to India and then down to Kanyukumari, I was suddenly surrounded by... These brown people with the marks on their foreheads, right? And I was absolutely fascinated, <laughs> and I thought of them as star people, right? Because <laughs> I didn't know what these marks were for, right? And yeah. They had them on their chests, and they some would be stripes, and and I thought, oh, they look like stars, and I thought of them as the star people. Yeah.
0: So was that because of a ceremony that they were doing at that time?
1: Oh, they go to the temple in the mornings for a blessing
0: right. when
1: they put these marks on their foreheads.
0: I mean mm. one thing that it, it feels like to me is that we as a society, there are a few of us that are a little bit lost in our direction and mm. yet you've got this amazing purpose. Is there something mm. that you could, could share with us as we're all a bit confused in our modern busy worlds?
1: Well it seemed to just happen because I didn't set out to do it but the circumstances seemed to lead me into it or push me into it or whatever. It just happened. Mm. It seemed to just happen around me, but I got really focused on it and interested in it. And the land, um, now selling my house, people often get it wrong and think I sold the right. house just out the element. Okay. I actually didn't. Right, okay. I sold. The house, and I bought in with a friend in Roseneath. Neath. Right. We bought a two-flat property together, and I ended up in a more poncy address, you could say.
0: Right, nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. But to have a turn at that, yeah, Jane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I gave some of the money to my son, and right. the, the rest, you know, for the land in India. Right, right. So I didn't end up penniless. I think, you know, if people hear that I sold the house to start the no. inn, they might think I'm wandering around in rags. No, well, and you're not. You
0: look very lovely today. <laughs> but, I mean, it is interesting, Jean, because you have chosen to, to give and work for this, this other entity when most people are probably searching for their own deserved comforts around but, about
1: now in your life. But I've got deserved comf- comforts like I live in a very nice place good with sun coming in. Good, that's good in Wellington. I've got water and electricity uh, I can buy anything I want, I can eat anything I want you know within reason. Yes, yes. So what else do I need? Yeah. yeah but I wanted to make it clear yes. that I didn't did, I didn't. It would be a stupid thing to do to li- right. end up penniless. Well, you, you know, when they um, talk about uh, emergencies on the plane, they say set yourself up first. first. Then you. Well, you, you know,
0: that's sort of. I was set, well set up. Good. You also um, have had a few. I would say not normal life experiences. Mm. Well, maybe not not the status quo. Right. How would you describe yourself as a young woman? Well, a mixed
1: description. I would say, in a way, I was a little bit dysfunctional. Um, I liked moving on. You know, right. like you the know. change.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what was important to you? As, I mean, I'm sure it would have changed, but was there anything that felt important to you as you were growing up and finding yourself to what's important to you now? Oh, literature. Right. Poetry. Yeah. Literature, that sort of thing. And that's almost philosophy been, been your path and your... Yeah. It's been your leader in a way then, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it still is. Yeah. yeah. So living your life through what you do. Mm. Fantastic just reflecting on your life, do you have something you can share perhaps with other women who are, you know, questing or, or going through a big change in their mm-hmm. lives? Is there mm-hmm. anything you could share with them? Um,
1: I think having a real interest. Right. Like poetry or anything, you know, just anything that grabs the attention. mm and I think there's probably enough around, enough sort of things that you could take an interest in. Mm. And I've it, never needed to look myself.
0: but. <laughs> 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 and I guess what you're saying is maybe you never know where it might lead you. You don't. You don't. And do you have... Do you feel like you've you've had a a, a great of fulfilment in your life? Yeah, I think I've
1: had a very, or am still having a very interesting, involved life. Of course, there's ups and downs. <laughs> I can't say I'm.
0: <laughs> so, if people would like to help or get involved, how where do they go to find out more about the? Karunai Ilam. Well,
1: all our addresses are on the website. Right. Uh, You just type in Karuna Ilam. Right. But be careful because there's another Karuna Ilam. Ah. Uh, You just put in Karuna Ilam Wellington.
0: Right. And it'll Wellington. Yeah. Then
1: you'll get one of the trustees. So just want to make it clear that. Nothing would be able to continue without the trust right. and without all the supporters. It's a group effort.
0: And, Jean, you've also written books. That, are these still available for sale? Um, or we can track no. them down in the libraries? Um, or You can track them all
1: down in the libraries. Great. The first one, stand in the rain. Great. The world is an orange. The balloon watches. Great. There's um, about six. Three C stories Three. are still available and can be got through the website great. <laughs> oh, I sort of forgot to stay that, say that there's not only the Elam, now there's a school.
0: Right, as well, yes. We've
1: started a school.
0: Fantastic.
1: And the school is right across the road. It has got 269 children. Wow, so
0: they're coming from the whole area Yeah, well.
1: yeah, but they're, some of them are middle class. Right. They're, or lower middle class or just above the poverty line, and they all pay except we have a 25% of poor who can't pay. Right. But it's sort of called sustainability. Yes. Yeah.
0: So by by feeding, allowing the... the the poorer to be able to attend the school. Without fees. fees yeah. In the and long run, that will be better for y- the community. Yeah,
1: and the wealthy, or, or we can't call them wealthy, the average people right. support them, and they pay a very cheap rate. Great. Oh, there's a community college Right. for school dropouts Ah. and housewives who learn to sew or to improve their lives. Oh, good. So it's all in this community, you know, this little sort of establishment.
0: Right. If there were one thing that you were particularly proud of, and even if it's a small thing amongst Mm. the many good things, but is there something or something that you remember or something where it was a real moment of of Mm. joy for you yourself? Well, if I go back 20 years or so, it's... Seeing
1: the first lot of girls get high school uniforms, (laughs) that is a long time ago. (laughs)